Mark Twain once said, The two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. Knowing our why, having something in our lives that we are passionate about, is a very important part of attracting a life partner, and tragically, it's rarely talked about. But not anymore. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast, presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana, and I got to tell you, I am fired up, not only about today's episode, but about the series of podcasts that we are doing right now. I don't know if I've ever been as excited about a podcast series as I am about this one, right? Because I have just made a commitment that I'm going to do everything within my power and talk about the subjects as honestly and straightforwardly as possible that are involved in you finding your life partner in 2024. I just want to have a no-holds-barred discussion about the things that we need to focus on, the things that we need to pay attention to, if we really want to put an end to our search for a life partner And finally get some damn results, right? So like, I want to be your advocate. I want to sit down with you. I I almost imagine that this series of podcasts is you and I sitting down at a Starbucks or something or, you know, some sort of coffee shop. And it's just you and me. And we are going to have a down in the dirt, nitty gritty conversation about your pursuit of intimacy because that is the name of this podcast series. It's called The Pursuit of Intimacy. And what I'm offering here is like a a complete practical guide and like a a deep makeover, right? A, a, A practical guide and a complete makeover so that you can find your life partner in 2024. And last week, if you didn't listen to part one, we talked about your physical presentation. And I basically just made the point is that you probably don't look like Angelina Jolie or Britney Spears or Jennifer Aniston or you probably don't look like Brad Pitt or Adam Levine or some other guy that's on the cover of Men's Health magazine. But you don't have to. The the real focus in terms of our physical presentation is just saying can how can I be my most attractive physical self? Yeah. 
I'm not Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I'm not Brad Pitt, but I'm the best version of me. So we talked about all like seven different areas of our lives that we can pay attention to that will help us reach our physical presentation ceiling. In other words, we'll be as physically attractive as we can be. Okay? That was part one. Now, I kind of want to have the same discussion in this episode, only instead of your physical presentation, I want to talk about like your emotional or your energetic presentation. Like sort of, instead of how you look, it's kind of how you feel, right? People can see us from, you know, across a room or a picture in an online profile and they can see quite a bit about our physical presentation, right? But at some point, they get closer to us. They have a conversation with us. They begin to interact with us, maybe have a cup of coffee with us. Maybe it's on a date. Maybe we're meeting them at a bar, maybe at an event. And they can begin to feel what I would call our passionate presentation. So today's episode is about your passion. I want to have a discussion Because here is what I know to be true. People that have a clear purpose or passion, I'm sort of using those words a little interchangeably. We could argue about the differences between them. But I'm maintaining that that if we have a clear passion, like we sort of know what our calling is or we sort of know something about our lives that we feel like this is an expression of me. This is who I am. This is what's important to me. This is what motivates me. This is kind of what, yeah, just kind of what I'm passionate about. When we have something like that, we become very attractive people. That's the main thing I want you to hear here. People who are passionate about something. And let me just say, I don't even give a rat's ass what it is. It really doesn't matter what it is. What matters is that we find something, we have something that we are passionate about. Something that kind of gives us an aliveness, something that makes us feel happy or makes us feel like our lives are are worth living, right? There's like a reason to get out of bed in the morning, right? It's a, it's a little bit like one of my favorite movies is the uh, the Equalizer series starring Denzel Washington. And the first Equalizer movie is, of course, the best. And if you remember, if you've seen it, and if you haven't, if you like action movies, um, it's a great one. Um The movie opens with a quote from Mark Twain. And the quote says, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. (laughs) Okay? 
because the movie series is all about Denzel's Washington, his identity. Like, who really is he? What's he about? But that is a beautiful quote. The two most important days in your life. The day you were born and the day you find out why. Like, why am I here? And so, and I think you resonate with that, right? When, when, when you meet a person and, and they start talking about or sharing with you what's really important to them, it's just sexy. Even if whatever they're passionate about doesn't resonate with you, you're not interested in that, it, it's not your thing. But when you see the enthusiasm in someone's life, you see the excitement. You see that they feel like what they're doing, what they're interested in is awesome and it makes them happy and perhaps it's making a difference in the world in some way or it's just an expression of who they are. Those people are very magnetic. They're very attractive. Now, conversely, when you meet someone and they really don't have anything going on, you know, they're like, yeah, I got a job. It's all right. You know, and no, I don't really don't have any hobbies that are a big deal to me. And, you know, there's, there's not any creativity that I'm involved in that kind of gets me inspired. Um, you know, I just kind of, I go to work, I got a couple friends, you know, I, I, I just, yeah, I just kind of live my life, right? As I describe that, do you feel like, oh my God, I can't wait to get my arms and around that person, right? Do you feel drawn to that description? A person that's sort of blah, going through the motions, nothing really excites them. They don't have something in their life that if it's not going well, it bothers them. Because one of the one of the things that happens when you're passionate about something, you have emotional mood swings concerning it. So if you're passionate about something and it's going well, I mean, you're excited. But if, if you're struggling with it, so let's just imagine that you're passionate about one of your hobbies, which is painting. You love to paint or maybe write poetry or dance, some, some creativity that, you know, writing, painting, poetry, whatever. And when you're, when you're doing that and it, you feel the juices flowing, you feel like, oh, this is beautiful. This is a, right. There's an excitement. But sometimes when you have a passion about something, and it's not going well. Sometimes it doesn't. Like I can't find the words. I'm writing a song, but I'm stuck or I'm painting this picture and I don't know what it's doesn't it's not looking right. It, I, I think I might have to scrap it and start over. Right? Then you can feel kind of really upset. So I think the most attractive people in the world are the people that care about something so much that it affects their mood. Right now, we can talk about how, you know, the Buddhists 
we're all um, equanimity, right? We're all emotionally even keel. And I don't know if you've ever been around, you know, a real committed Buddhist that no matter what happens, they are like flatlined. They don't have any highs. They don't have any lows, right? They, they have that equanimity about them. And there's a part of me that admires the ability to be not attached, right? To be free from the ups and downs of things. But then again, sometimes they look boring to me. They look lifeless to me. Like, give me the person that cares about something that when it's going, they're like, oh my God, I just, I, I feel so alive. And when they're struggling with it, oh, I'm depressed. I'm upset, right? It's like they care about something. So the question is, do you care about something other than finding a partner? Because that's where I'm going with this. This is a very weird conversation I'm going to have with you. Because I'm here to tell you, if, if what you're pursuing in life is intimacy, and that's the name of this podcast series, The Pursuit of Intimacy. So obviously I'm thinking the pursuit of intimacy is a good thing, a valid thing. And it, of course it is, and yet it's also the problem because it's so easy for our pursuit of intimacy to sort of become our pursuit, our passion. It's like what we care about. It's like our thing. And if if your passion or the number one passion in your life is to find a partner, that makes you unattractive. It's almost like the more you need a partner, the more you want a partner, the more your time and your energy and your consciousness and your effort is put into finding a partner, the less attractive you become. See, if I meet a girl on a date and if she can feel that the most important thing in my life is her or I'm hoping it's her, ew, that, that doesn't, something feels off there. Something fe- it feels needy, it feels desperate, it feels maybe a little on the neurotic side, or at least out of balance. So what I'm saying today in this podcast is we really do need a passion in our lives, but it can't be for a person. Your passion can't be to find your life partner. And yet... Here you are listening to this. <laughs> right. So I'm not telling you to turn this damn podcast off and go live your life. No, I'm not, I'm not telling you that. But I am trying to say, because I'm getting very personal here, I'm going to tell you 
that I am talking about myself, or at least the self that I was back when I was single. And I think what I was experiencing and what I was doing and the reason why my love life was not going well was because my primary passion in life at a certain point in my life was to find a partner. And that was sabotaging me. That was keeping me single. Now, I know a lot of things you hear in the world in in terms of blogs, videos, podcasts on how to find a partner because there's lots of information out there. Most of them really tell you to call in the one, like get wrapped up in it, right? You, some will say it's a numbers game, right? You just got to get out there. You just got to date, man. You got to see a lot of people. You got to be online. Maybe you should join Tinder and Bumble and Match and, you know, and you need to put so much of your passion into it. That's what it takes to find someone nowadays. And I'm just here to say that in my experience, the harder I tried, the less attractive I became. The more I wanted it, the more I pushed it away without knowing it. See, I actually thought that when you were really wanting to find a partner, I'm really emotionally available. I'm really wanting to be with someone. That that, that, that would impress people. But it, it sort of did the opposite. So, gosh, where do I go with this with you? Um, I want to ask you, how do you answer that question that Mark Twain put forth? The most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you found out why. Like, why are you here? What is yours to do? In other words, what are you passionate about? What are you pursuing? We're all pursuing something. It's important for us to be conscious about it and to to know if it's truly an expression of our heart. So I'm maintaining that, that people that know their why that have something in their life that that they feel passionate about, those are attractive people and people want to be around those kinds of people. But when we're sort of lost and going through the motions, it's like, no, that's just not sexy. So let's talk briefly about what do I mean by passionate about? It could be your career. You could feel like I'm, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an accountant, I'm a project manager, I'm a computer specialist. I don't care what it is. You could feel like, no, that's mine to do. I love my work. Somebody asked me, what do you do for a living? I can talk for a half an hour. I'm so enthusiastic about my calling, about my career. Great. It could be your career. 
but it could be something entirely not related to your career. You could say, no, my job, my career's fine, yeah, but that ain't it for me. You know what it, you know what it is for me? It's a hobby that I do or an interest I have. That's kind of my thing. In fact, I go to work and I have a career so I can afford to do my hobby. So I can afford to pursue my interest because that pays the bills. But what I'm passionate about is my church or I work with kids or I volunteer somewhere or like for me, golf, golf was a career. It's not anymore. I'm really passionate about my golf game and, and performing in tournaments and I'm 63 and I'm still trying to get better, right? I, I, I love golf. It, it's a huge part of my life, okay? So it could be a hobby or an interest or something like that. Having a purpose or your why could also be some sort of creative expression that you have. I love painting. I love writing poetry. I, I, I kind of drawing a blank here. I, I love writing. I, right there, there, there could be some sort of way that you express yourself creatively. Like uh, I've worked with a client that that loves theater, like writing plays, acting. You know, in in kind of local theater, not like, you know, in New York and Broadway, but just kind of local at the YMCA, they do productions. Okay, like I love that. That's my thing. That that's right. I I I have another friend who used to be a client many, many years ago. Just talked to him the other day. This guy loves West Coast swing dancing. He loves it. He's really good at it. He he has a partner and they go around the country on the weekends and compete in West Coast swing contests. I've seen videos of him. He's good, man. He moves around the floor. He loves it. Right? In his in his real job, he's a therapist and he he loves helping people. But he'd be the first one to tell you, <laughs> "Man, if I won the damn lottery, I I think I would just go take dance lessons and compete. And that's all I would do. Okay. But he can't afford to quit his job. So he loves his job. He loves being the therapist, but it sort of supports his habit. You see, that makes him sexy. Now you might not like dancing. You might say, that's not my thing. And you might feel like, okay, maybe we're not a great fit in a relationship. But if you sat down and had a, had a drink with him, you would walk away saying, I like that guy. Like that guy's about something. He has found something that he loves to do. He's pursuing something. Okay. So what is that about you? What is your passion? What, what could you talk about for a half an hour without stopping if somebody asked you? I truly believe 
if you could not talk about something for a half an hour, you don't have the passion that you could have in your life. Now, there's a whole other category here. Like, look at the woman that's right downstairs in my house here. What's her passion? She doesn't have any of that. She had a career. She was a therapist, but that wasn't her passion. She has no interest in a sport. She has really no hobby. She does and has done some painting, but that's not really her thing. You know what she's passionate about? You know what she could talk about for a half an hour? Her family, her kids, her little grandkids. My wife, her passion, what what she feels is why I'm here is to nurture, to be a homemaker, to be a wife, a mother, a grandmother. That's her thing. She could talk for a half an hour about her family. (laughs) And she does every day on the phone with her sister. (laughs) Okay. That's her thing. That that's what that's what she that's the expression of her heart. Okay? So don't get locked into this conversation about purpose. Because one of the things I hate about the whole find your life purpose thing is those conversations are almost always had by type A driven workaholic type of people. Hey, we're going to change the world. What's your purpose? You know, you have to start something. You have to have a legacy. You have to create this and do that. And I'm like, I think half of the population isn't motivated like that. And I think they end up feeling guilty. Or they have anxiety like, I don't think I want to change the world. I, 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 I don't. What's wrong with me? Maybe I'm supposed to have some grandiose purpose for my life. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Really. It's bullshit to think that everybody is supposed to be changing the world and finding something, doing something that is making a difference. And and usually it's a big difference. See, my wife is making a difference in her little family. And that's her thing. And that's what she's been put on this earth to do. She's not Bill Gates. She's not Steve Jobs. And neither do you have to be. You don't have to be some person who revolutionizes an industry or becomes Tiger Woods or I don't know what. You know, is Bono, the lead singer of U2, right? No, your creativity, your music, your singing, your dance, your painting, your poetry, your creativity can be your purpose. And it's enough. It doesn't have to be grandiose. and doesn't have to change the world. That's one of the reasons why I was scared of having this conversation Because I thought the very people that might need to listen to this might not even tune in because they already know, I don't, I don't want to hear about the life purpose and I got to be doing this and make a difference and blah, 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 blah. And they might not even want to listen because they know that that's just not them. And 
if you are happening to listen to this, I just want you to know nothing has to be grandiose about this. Nothing has to be impressive about it. It just has to be something that you feel so alive when you're doing. That it makes you feel the juice, man. You feel like you're in the flow. Right? One of the questions that you can ask yourself is what is it that when I do it, it feels like time stands still? Like, what is it that when I'm doing it, I just get lost in it? Right? Like, I, there's no time. There's just, like, I just, I'm absorbed in it. It just, it, I feel like I'm just in the zone, right? I'm in the flow. We all can have that. It might not be your Steve Jobs, you know, creating, you know, the MacBook Pro or the iPhone or something that changes the entire world. But for you, it's your passion. It's, it's your zone. And maybe it doesn't make a big difference. Maybe hardly anybody will be touched by it. But it's your thing. You know, I've got a couple of things like that in my life. This podcast is one of them. I love making this podcast. I love trying to come up with ideas and, and, and ways to help people live consciously, create healthy dynamics. Love it. I love coaching. I love working with people one-on-one or even in a group, you know, wanting to help them. Uncover ways they sabotage themselves. I mean, there's, it's really something cool to be with a person when they have an aha moment and they see something that has been keeping them from being close to someone. That is an extraordinary thing to witness. Okay, so that's a passion of mine. My professional golf is a passion of mine. My own pursuit of enlightenment I love reading books on waking up. I love listening to podcasts on it. I love my own exploration of consciousness. I've done psychedelics like psilocybin and mushrooms and ecstasy, MDMA to, to get beyond my mind and the blockages of my own ego and to see what's real, right? That's a huge passion in my, I could talk to you for days about living consciously, waking up, enlightenment. And I could talk to you for days about golf and sports performance. I could talk to you for days about developing a podcast and producing a podcast. And I could talk to you about coaching. I, I have a coach training program. I train people to be coaches, right? So I got a number of things in my life that I'm passionate about. And just check with yourself. As you heard me describe those things in my life that make me tick, that make me feel alive, wasn't that kind of attractive? Wasn't that like, that guy's interesting. I mean, you might not you know, per- want to pursue any of those things, right? But you could hear in my voice that I'm pretty passionate about that stuff, that... 
it's kind of magnetic, is it not? And that's the point. When you're passionate about something, you're magnetic. When you're not passionate about something, you're not. Or if your passion is about finding a partner, that's not magnetic. And I know that from personal experience. So let me get really personal with you here, okay? Don't tell anybody about this. This is sort of embarrassing. (laughs) And I've written a little bit about this in some of my books. I don't know if I've ever really come out and said this. And the way I'll describe this, because for a long time in my life, my purpose was finding a chick. My purpose was getting a girlfriend, getting laid, getting into a relationship. There was a time in my life where I lost track of of pursuing my professional golf career. I lost track of my career in general. It's just like everything took a back seat. It's not like there was nothing else I was doing. And there was, it's not like there was nothing else that I was interested in. But the number one thing on the list, the thing was finding a partner. And that is when I had the most trouble finding a partner. So I remember talking to my coach very early when I hired a coach and I was in the throes of all this, although I didn't know it. Okay. Um, I remember meeting this girl. I met her in a little bar called Dexter's in Lake Mary, Florida. Okay. Still there. Maybe you've, there's a couple of Dexter's around the Orlando area. I lived just north of Orlando for many years. And I went to this little bar called Dexter's in Lake Mary. And I met this girl. I think it was a Thursday night, kind of ladies night kind of thing. And I do, I, I do forget her first name, but she was hot as shit. Okay. And I was single and lonely and wanting to find a partner and and I started chatting this girl up and I thought she was kind of out of my league frankly um but I had enough self-confidence to say no she's not real but she's just really good looking and I was chatting her up we're talking we went we might have talked for 30 to 40 minutes just a great conversation you know, there's another one of her girlfriends there and you know, I just kind of interrupted my them, and I introduced myself, and she seemed very receptive to being approached, and we just talked and went back and forth, back and forth, and I kind of felt at about 30, 40 minutes, all right, that's enough, Roy. I mean, get her number and, you know, relax a little bit, right? Um, so I asked for her number, and she was like, absolutely. She took her pen out, and she wrote it down on the napkin, and she gave it to me, and yeah, call me, and I... I was like, awesome. Okay. I was like, this is fantastic. Okay. So back then I used, I was playing games. I was not conscious of what I was doing. I was not authentic. I was doing what I thought you were supposed to do in dating situations. Right back then I was listening to all the conventional wisdom and all the nonsense that you're very familiar with. Um, and that, what I mean by that is I waited about two days before I called her because did I want to call her that night? 
and ask if she got home okay? Yep, I did. Did I want to call her the next morning because I was thinking about her and I kind of wanted to see her as soon as possible? Yep, I did. But I said, I can't do that. I, I can't let her know how into her I am and how interested I am. I got to, you know, be cool and give it a couple days. So that's what I did. I waited a couple days, called her, no answer. Okay, fine. Left a message. Hey, this is Roy. Met you at Dexter's the other night. Uh, just had a great time talking to you and hope uh, we can get together and continue our conversation. You know, give me a call back. Leave my number. Boom. There it is. Okay. Nothing. She didn't call back. So now this is probably, I think this is around 2005. So I'm trying to remember, were we texting in 2005? (laughs) So I don't know if I sent her a text after that, but I think I called her again. Either way, when I didn't hear back from her in like 24 hours, I called again. I said, hey, I called the other day, left a message, haven't heard from you, you know, would like to get together. Because I was just assuming the way she responded to me and giving giving me her number that she really did want to see me. She was attracted into something, right? Why else would she give me her number, right? So when I didn't hear from her, I was confused. And so I left another message and I never heard back from her. I didn't get a text message, oh, blah, blah, this or that. Nothing. So I was on the phone with my coach at the time. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like blaming her because she's a woman. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck, Diana? I mean, what's up with you women? You know, you flirt, you talk for half an hour, we have a great time, I buy you a drink, you're great, you give me your number, yeah, call me, and then I call, and you don't even answer. I'm like, what the hell, right? And I'm obsessing about this, I'm upset about this, I'm like, you know, oh God. And I'll never forget what Diana said to me. She said, well, okay, you know, if she gave you her number should she have at least picked the phone up and said something like, you're a nice guy, but I don't think there's a fit. In other words, she said, if you press me, should she give you her number and then just ignore you? No. Okay. No, that's not the greatest way to do things. But Roy, maybe she could feel that the only thing that you have going in your life is you're chasing her skirt. Maybe she could feel that the only important thing in your life is getting a woman. You cannot believe how angry I got. You will not believe the words that came out of my mouth directed at my coach for saying that to me. She was saying, Roy, your life purpose is getting laid. Your life purpose is finding a partner. My guess is she could feel that. She could feel you trying, you needing that. She could feel that this was the most important thing to you. My guess is just turned her off. Yeah. Should she have not given you her number? Probably. Should she have not flirted with you? And eh, who knows? Maybe she's just afraid to say no to someone's face. Who, who cares? All I know, Roy, is I'm, is I'm talking to you and coaching you. I can tell 
that the most important thing in your life, what you care about is getting a girlfriend. And she's like, dude, that is unattractive because that is not who you are. And again, I was so angry with her. I cursed her out. I mean, up and down. And we all know that when you react to something like that, it's because you know it's true and you just can't face it and you get defensive. One of the truths of life is whenever you get defensive about something, it's because you know it's true and your ego will not allow you to admit it. But I had to face the fact that the only thing that mattered in my life was finding a girl. Being a father really wasn't it. Being a professional golfer, this is you know way back before my coaching practice started. Can you relate to that? I mean, everything I did, if I was going to go to a restaurant, I wouldn't go to a restaurant or I wouldn't go to an event or I wouldn't do anything if I didn't think there was a chance of meeting someone special there. I might like a certain place or a certain restaurant or a certain activity. No, that doesn't matter whether I like it or not. Is there going to be chicks there? Could I possibly meet someone there? If I don't like the restaurant, but I thought there would be women there, I'll go. If I don't like this activity, but I thought there might be I joined yoga classes back in the day. You know why? It wasn't because I just loved yoga. It was good for my body, good to stretch. I mean, yoga is not a workout unless you do P90X yoga. That's a whole different story. But you know why I joined yoga classes? Because there's a bunch of girls there. And you know when I went to yoga? Like 6.30 in the evening. Because that's when the single girls would be there. If I go to yoga at 9 o'clock in the morning, these are married women that are stay-at-home moms. Well, sorry, that ain't it. So not only would I go to yoga because I thought girls would be there. I didn't like yoga. I didn't want to do yoga. <laughs> okay? Nothing against yoga. <laughs> but I went to certain classes at certain times of the day. Do you see that? It was like I had, I had this whole strategy. My whole life was about finding a partner. That was my passion. I was pursuing intimacy. And quality women could feel it. And it was a turnoff. Do you know what's a turn on to quality people? It's when they meet someone and they know that there is something that is more important in their life than you will ever be. Like they found out the day they were born and the reason why. That why is the most important thing to them. Yes, they're available for a relationship and they want to have a partner and they want to have a great connection and intimacy and sex. But there's something about their life that is before you and it's going to be after you. It's right. Their life isn't about you. It's not about that relationship. 
And again, to be clear, I'm not saying that right now in my life that my wife is not a big fucking deal to me. She's the love of my life. Right? I mean, I couldn't imagine losing her or not being with her. I, I love every minute of our relationship. But if, if I didn't have her, there's other things in my life that, I'm, that I have been passionate about. Like all the things I just mentioned to you that I'm passionate about, other than the podcast. The podcast is only two and a half years old. But pursuing enlightenment, coaching, professional golf, that was happening before I ever met her. That was why I was attractive to her. It's because when I finally met my wife, I had done some work on myself. Because that conversation I had with my coach about that chick at Dexter's, that was about a year and a half before I met my wife. And that priority, that pursuit of a partner, that shifted in me. I, that was part of my work was to find my why. Like, who are you? What are you about? Forget women for a moment. Like, what makes you tick? Why are you alive? Like, like what do you care about? Right? And I had to, it wasn't hard for me to find, but I had to kind of recommit to those things. And to take my loneliness and all of that down a notch or two and put a relationship in the proper perspective. Because I really saw that a relationship was was going to complete me, right? I needed a partner to feel happy. I needed a partner to feel alive. And And by having those perspectives, it pushed away quality people because they were like, ooh, ooh, no, I don't want to be your life source. I, I, I might want to be the most important person in your life. But I don't want to be the most important thing. That's a lot of pressure. I mean, your happiness is depending on me? Uh, you know, no. So can you relate to that? Be open to the possibility that you might be a lot like I was back then. I mean, you are listening to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. So... Finding a partner is important to you. And of course, that's not necessarily a problem. If you can't point to something else that is really your thing, that you really care about. Yeah, I want a partner. Yeah, I'm lonely and I don't want to wake up every morning and and no one's laying there next to me. Yeah, I want to have a companion, someone to share life with. And yeah, 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 of course I do. But, But right now, That partner's not here right now. I love my life. I know what I care about. I'm passionate about this. I'm doing that. I'm creative here. It's my career. It's family. It's a hobby. It's an interest. Man, I can answer that question. The most important day, the day I was born and the day I found out why. I know why. And my why is not to find a partner. I want to find a partner to share my why. I want to find a partner who might 
encourage my why to be even more successful or to flourish more in my life. See, I ended up choosing a partner when I got my head straight here, a partner that would help me grow in enlightenment, a partner that would inspire me to be a better coach or podcaster, someone whose love and encouragement and just their smile would make me a better golfer. It's like, so I kind of, I kind of knew who I was and what I was passionate about. And I wanted a partner who would just add to all that, who, who would want me to be more of who I am and their love, their support, their laughter, their personality would, would just be icing on this whole cake rather than nothing else is that a big a deal to me and the life is not that important. I don't really have anything. I just want to find someone. I just want to, I just want to get into a relationship and that's going to make everything. That'll be my why. And I just think when you're in that kind of mentality, you're not as attractive as you could be. Because I think you're in that needier place. And it's not to be negative. It's just to kind of be honest. So if last week we had a conversation about your physical presence and I said, what do you need to do in terms of your body, your grooming, your teeth, your hair, place you're living, the cleanliness of your car, how you dress, how you smell, your weight? Like, what do you need to do in regards to your physical presentation so you are getting closer and closer to your attractiveness ceiling, being the most attractive person you can be. Again, not Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, just the best version of you. And I'm hoping you came away with something practical that you could do that would make a difference in your physical presentation. And today I'm asking you, do you have something that you're so interested in and curious about? Something that when it's going well, it makes you celebrate. Something that when you're struggling with it, it keeps you up at night. Do you have something you're passionate about? Something you could talk about for 30 minutes if somebody just opened that door for you? You open that door to me. If I was on a date and a woman said to me, so Roy, what, you know, what are you about, man? What's, what's important to you? What are you passionate about? <laughs> I'm going to have to be careful that I don't talk for the next hour. Right? Now, I'm not saying you need to be that verbal. I'm not saying you need to be some extrovert. That's, we're not getting into anything like that. It's like, but is there something? Is there something that makes you tick? And if not, you know what your New Year's resolution is? I got to find it. That's what I want to do. I want to give you a couple of questions right now to help you kind of find what could be a passion of yours if you don't already know what it is. But chances are you already know what it is. And I want to say go for it harder. Pursue that. 
Because when you pursue it, you're going to be filled with energy and enthusiasm. And then when you meet someone, you are going to just have an energy about you that is going to make you just sexy as shit. It will. So here's a couple questions that you could ask yourself. If you won the damn lottery, what would you do with most of your days? Right? You won a billion dollars. You have no financial worry ever again. You could do whatever the hell you want. What would you do if you didn't have to go to work, didn't have to pay any bills, didn't have to put any effort into any of that? Well, I might try to write a book. Well, I, I think I would, I would paint or I would dance all day. Or I'd try to get my game in shape and get on the senior tour. Or I would spend tons of time with my kids, my grandkids. I'd become their full-time babysitter. I just love my little grandbabies. I don't, I don't know what it is. But you do. And you say, well, what good is that, Roy? Because I have not won the lottery and we all know I'm not going to. Right? I know I will never win the lottery because I will never buy a ticket. <laughs> okay, So I don't want to piss away my money. That's a whole other story. But you say, well, I'm not going to win the lottery, so I'm screwed. No, no, no. You're identifying the thing that you would do if you could. And I'm saying, well, maybe you can't spend all day doing something. You could spend five minutes a day doing it. You could spend an hour a day doing it. You could put more time and energy and attention into something without having to quit your job. Now, there are some people when when I say, what would you do if you won the lottery? They say, I I would keep doing the same business. I love being an entrepreneur. I love being an inventor. I love being a musician. My brother is a professional musician. My guess is if... If he was worth $10 billion, he'd still play the trumpet in the San Francisco Symphony. He loves it. That's his thing, right? So I'm not saying you would necessarily quit your job because maybe that's what you're passionate about. If you're an MD, it's like, I don't, I don't do my job for the money. I do it because it's my thing to do. I, I love helping people and getting them healthy and being a brain surgeon or being an attorney or an accountant, right? I'm just... What I'm saying is there is no excuse to not be pursuing your passion. Yes, you might not be able to pursue it with as much time and energy and attention as you would like because you have other things that you have to do because you have won the lottery, but you can put a lot more of your life into it. You can reschedule things. You can move things around to where there's more time for your creativity. There's more time for your hobby. There's more time for something that just brings such joy to you. So that's one. Another one would be, what is it that you do in your life that makes time stand still? Is there anything in your life that you do? It's like, when I do that, I kind of lose track of time. It's like I'm, I'm just wrapped up in it. I'm just lost in it. I know one of those things for me is whenever I've written one of my books, 
when I feel really that the universe is saying, Roy, I have a book that I want to bring through you. I, I, I need you to sit down here and we are going to create something together. When I feel like I'm called to write a book, there are times in my life where time just stands still. I'll tell you a story. Literally, the God's honest truth. When I was writing my first book, my wife was a therapist. She'd go to work at 8.30 in the morning, come home at 5.30 in the evening, and I would sit down at 8.30 at our kitchen table, usually in a t-shirt and my underwear, and she'd go to work and I'd start writing. And she'd come home from work, and I thought she forgot her keys. She'd come home at 5.30, and I hadn't moved. I'm like, did you forget your keys? Like, I thought she was gone for five minutes. I'm not lying to you. I didn't pee. I didn't eat. I was just lost in it. I was just in the zone, creating and writing and editing and the whole thing. Time just stood still. Okay? There is something in your life that does that for you. So give yourself permission to ask yourself that. What puts me in the zone? What makes me feel like I'm in the flow? For my friend, the West Coast Swing, that's what he would tell you. He would tell you he dances and loses track of time. I I haven't even asked him that, but I know he would say yes. He probably listens to this podcast and he'll probably text me. I'm like, I was dancing for three hours on a Thursday night and, and it felt like three minutes. Because it's his thing. Okay? What's another question here? What would you do if you weren't afraid of failure or what people think or however it might turn out? What would you do if you just weren't afraid? Because sometimes... Oh, I, I'd love to write a book, but I'm afraid nobody would like it. Right? Forget that. Write the damn book. You know, I would I would pursue this. I would I would pursue this sport or try to get good at this or start this business or go in that direction. But I'm afraid it wouldn't work out. I'm afraid nobody would support me. I'm afraid people will think I'm stupid. Fuck all that. This is your why. You found it. Now go get it. Who cares if you're not successful? Really? When you're doing something that you feel like is yours to do, your why, it's like part of it with this podcast. Like I love creating this podcast. There's a big part of me that I don't care who listens or who doesn't. About once every four months, I check on how many downloads I'm getting. I don't care. I really don't. I feel called to put a conscious perspective on life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy into the world. And this is a great way to do it. And I enjoy sitting in my office at my desk like I'm doing right now and talking to a damn microphone all by myself. This is my offering. I don't care if people don't listen. I really don't. Because I just feel like this is this is me. This is my expression. See, you need to have something like that. 
It's right there. If you will look, if you'll ask yourself, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? What would I do if I had all the money in the world? What, what, What do I do that makes time stand still? Okay? So your physical attractiveness is a big deal. If you want to find a partner in 2024 and knowing and living and pursuing your passion is a big part of finding your partner in 2024. And next week, we're going to talk about doing a social makeover. I cannot tell you how many times I talk to people and when I find out about their lives, they don't have many friends. They are, are they don't go out and do things. They are not involved in any activities or any hobbies. They go to work, they come home, maybe they have kids, maybe they don't. They go to work, they come home, they eat something, they go to bed. And they repeat. And I'm like, how are you going to find a partner doing that? I mean, like, when you get right down to it, if you never leave your house, the only person you might meet is the mailman or the Amazon guy that delivers packages to your door. Right? So we need to talk about our social lives. We need to talk about giving the universe an opportunity to connect us with someone because some of us are shy. Like I follow this guy on just wrap up with this. I follow this guy on Facebook. His name is Jay Cutler, not the football player. This is the Mr. Olympia guy. Okay. He's just this massive weightlifter guy. He's fascinating, very smart about fitness and stuff like that. Obviously. Um, But he talked about when he was competing in the Mr. Olympia contest, his life was basically go to the gym, train for six hours, come home, eat. Well, he ate about seven times a day. But it was train, eat, sleep, repeat. So that was my life for years. Train, eat, sleep, repeat. I'm like, and you were probably single, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, he was committed to his purpose and I can't imagine he was in a relationship because at some point his partner would say, can we go on a date? (laughs) Nope. Train, eat, sleep, repeat. Okay. So if that guy came to me and say, Roy, you know, I want to find a partner. I'm like, well, dude, look at your lifestyle, right? I mean, right. So anyway, I don't want to give you too much of it now, but that's where we're going um, next week. So I very much appreciate your attention and I hope this is making a difference and I can't wait to get back with you next week as we continue the pursuit of intimacy. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode and while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.